0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching today. We may have some of you that are watching today for your first time, and you may wonder what is Getting getting to Know Your Bible about? Well, why don't you just stay tuned and find out today? We have some of you who know because you watch every time that we come on the air. We appreciate that so very much. Now, today we're going to be discussing this subject, the most blessed people. Who are they? Who are the most blessed people? I hope you'll stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible... We offer a free Bible correspondence course. Now, I'd like to emphasize the course is free. We want you to have it, and you say, well, Brother Lambert, you say it's free, but is it really free? If I say it's free, it's free. Any offer that we make on getting to know your Bible costs you nothing, and we want you to have it. So, In order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment.
0: 5214.
1: I'm reading now from the fifth chapter of Romans, beginning in verse 1, and we'll be reading through verse 10. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we have glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by His blood. We shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of Christ, Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Who are the most blessed people? Who are the most blessed people? Would that be the wealthiest people in the world? Would that be the people who have the greatest knowledge of current events? Are they the most blessed? Would that be the person who has some position of honor and power? Is that the most blessed person? Would it be that person who has a lot of education, maybe a lot of degrees following their name? Is that the most blessed person? Most blessed people in all of the world, the happiest folk in the world, are people who have given their lives to Christ. 1 Peter 3 and 10 says, He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. You see, Christians are people who can love life and they're going to see some good days. They're blessed. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, the, the Bible says that, that Christ came that we might have life and that we might have that life more abundantly. We're just blessed people. There's just no way about it. You see, we have so much more. Listen to Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. Much more being now justified by His blood. We have so much more. Listen to him in verse number 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of Christ, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Listen to him down in verse 15. But now as as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many are dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. And then look in verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. Much more. Christians have so much more. Look in verse number 17. They have an abundance. What does he call it? Ye will receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. You see, Christians are a blessed people, blessed beyond measure. And you say, well, what do they really have? Well, I want to talk about some things that we have, that is some of those blessings. First of all, they have peace. They have peace. Look at Romans 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Christians have peace. There's not much peace in our world, is there? There have been few years since the earth's beginning of peace on earth. And there is no peace in a life of sin. In Isaiah 57, verses 20 and 21, we're told that the wicked is like the troubled sea. The, the, the troubled sea, when there's a storm out in the ocean, there are highways, and it's dangerous to be out there in a ship. And the sin in a person's life is like living on that troubled sea. There, there is... No peace in sin. And Solomon wrote in Proverbs 13 and verse 15, the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of sin is a hard way. There is no peace there. And it is sin in our lives that causes God to hide His face from us. Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 tell us that. That, that He will his, our sin in our lives will cause God to to, to turn His back upon us, and we will be separated from Him. So sin is a terrible thing. But Christians have peace through the Prince of Peace. Jesus is referred to prophetically as the Prince of Peace in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And it is through the cross of the Prince of Peace. We have peace. Colossians 1 and 20 says we have peace through the blood of His cross. Romans chapter 5 and verse 9 teaches that we have peace through His blood, much more than being justified by His blood. Justified by, we're saved from wrath through Him. So God gave His Son to bring peace to the world. Matter of fact, God has given us a message of peace. In Romans 10, Paul said, How beautiful are the feet of them that that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Jesus came to bring peace. Peace in your heart. That's an inner peace. Peace to the world. Peace between people. Peace between God and man. When Jesus was born in Luke, the second chapter, and in verse 14, the angels sang and said, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Ephesians chapter 2 and 14 says, He is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of petition between us. Ephesians chapter 2 and 17 says, He came and preached peace. Jesus is a peace maker and his death brought peace to the world we're reconciled to God and we are at peace with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ we're not going to have peace with God because I do a lot of good things I'm not going to have peace with God because I have a lot of money I'm not going to be at peace with God because I have education. I'm not going to be at peace with God because of the way I look. I'm not going to be at peace with God because of the color of my skin. I'm not going to be at peace with God because of where I live. I'm not going to be at peace with God because of my family connections. But the only way that I will ever have peace with God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who came in this world and died on the cross of Calvary, that we might have peace. And hence, we ought to strive for peace with other people. We need peaceful relationships with people in life. We need peace within our families, peace in the community, peace in the church. There ought to be peace between us and other nations. There ought to be peace between us and those that are different from us in many ways. Different from us, perhaps, in what they believe religiously. Different from us in what the, the way we look, the way we dress, the foods we eat, the color of our skin. You see, there ought to be peace. Peace. And one of the things we need in this world right now is peace. But it only comes when people get right with the Lord and make peace with God. That's the beginning point for peace in the world. That's the beginning point. And you can be at peace with God through Jesus Christ. If like the brethren in Rome, you'll die to sin, Romans chapter 6 and verse 2, that is repent of your sins. If you'll be buried with Christ into baptism and and baptized into His death, Romans 6 and 3, and baptized into the death of Christ, Romans 6 and 4, Beard with Him by baptism into death. And then you can be raised to walk in the newness of life, Romans 6 and 4. Thus you obey a likeness of the death and the bear and the resurrection of Christ. That's what Paul did to be at peace with God. This is the man who wrote it. Paul said, we have peace with God. But Paul had peace. Not, Not through some way that was better felt than told. Not through repeating something that a preacher tells you to repeat after him. But he became a Christian and he was at peace with God because as a believer in Jesus, he repented of his sins. He was baptized into Christ and he was raised to walk in the newness of life. You can do that. You can be at peace with God. Why don't you do that? See, that's one of the blessings that Christians have. Some religions in the world promote everything in the world but peace. We all need to be promoting peace, not hatred. Not war, not killing, but peace. Our Lord said, blessed are the peacemakers. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8. But another blessing that we have as a Christian is that of grace. Listen to Romans 5 and 2 again. By, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. And so one of those blessings is that we have grace. And we are rich in grace. In the second chapter of Ephesians, Paul wrote about the grace of God. And and I imagine that that, that most have heard Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For by grace are you saved. But let me read the verse preceding that, verse number 7. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace. In His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The riches of His grace. What are some of the riches of His grace? Well, one of those riches is salvation. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. That's one of those riches of God's grace. Another is forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Another is hope. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 16, Paul said that we have good hope through grace. Good hope through grace. That's one of the riches of God's grace. Not only that, we have the death of Jesus because of God's grace. That's one of the riches. Hebrews 2 and verse 9, He by the grace of God, He by the grace of God, tasted of death for every man. We have the avenue of prayer because of grace. That's just one of those riches. Hebrews four sixteen. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy To find grace to help in time of need. To me, that is one of the most encouraging faith building verses there is in all of the Bible. That that me, a human being, weak and frail as, as, as we all are, can come with boldness to the throne of grace, to the throne of God, to obtain mercy, to obtain mercy to find grace to help in time of need. And so that's just one of the riches of God's grace. Then there's the abundant life we have because of grace. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, Paul is writing about the or Peter rather is writing about the relationship between a man and his wife, and he said that they should be heirs together of the grace of life. Heirs together of the grace of life. And then, of course, there's God's sustaining grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, Paul had prayed three times for the removal of his thorn in the flesh. God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for thee. My My strength is made perfect in weakness. God's power, God's strength through his grace was made manifest in the weakness that Paul had in his life. And so we have the riches of God's grace. We are a most blessed people in all of the world. We have peace and we have grace. But what else do we have as Christians? Well, the third thing that we have is hope. Look at Romans chapter 5 beginning in verse 2 again. He said, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand, and listen to him now, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works with patience, patience experience, and experience hope. Hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of, of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which He has given us. So one of those blessings that we have is hope. Romans 8.24 teaches we are saved by hope. We are to be able, according to 1 Peter 3.15, to give a reason for the hope we have. Our hope rests upon three pillars. Our hope rests rest upon, first of all, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is writing about the resurrection of the dead. And I want to read to you beginning from uh, verse 12 in Roman, uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And I will be reading down through about verse 20 if you will get your Bible. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you there is no resurrection of the dead? And if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, your faith is also vain. Yea, and we're found false witnesses of God, because we've testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ, is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, listen to him now. This is in verse 17. Your faith is vain, and you're yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. But listen to here. Listen, verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. He is risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that sleep. Do you see the logic that Paul is using here? Why in verse 12 he said, if Christ is preached that he rose from the dead, why some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead. And then he says, if there's no resurrection, Christ is not raised. And if He's not raised, your preaching is useless. It's, it's in vain and, and your faith is in vain. And, and we're all false witnesses of God because we've been teaching people that God raised Jesus from the dead. And if He's not been raised from the dead, we're still in our sins. And, and those that died in Christ are, 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 are perished. They're perished. And then he said, if in, in this life we only have hope in Christ, well, he said we're a most... Miserable people. But here was his clincher. He said, but let me tell you, Christ is risen. He has risen from the dead. And because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, you and I have hope. Our hope rests not only upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our hope rests upon his coming back someday looking for that blessed hope and appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. We're looking for Him to come back, anticipating His return. And in the words of Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20, even so come Lord Jesus. But then our hope rests upon the joys of eternal life, Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. So we are blessed people. We have hope. Let me ask you, what is your hope? What do you see for the future? But also, we have God. We have God. Notice verse 11 again, Romans 5. Not only so, but we also joy in God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, we have God. With God there is no fear of the wrath to come. Back in Romans 1.18, Paul said God's wrath is revealed from heaven against sin. Well, we've learned here in Romans 5 and verse 9 that we are saved from wrath through Christ and it it is we are saved from the wrath of god because of the blood of jesus christ because of the death of the lord jesus christ you see our god is such a good god he is such a loving father he's described in second corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 through 5 as being the father of mercies and the god of all comfort and and he does bless his children We have God. We have God. He hears and He answers our prayers. Not only does He hear and answer our prayers, He provides the necessities that we have. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things like food and clothing and shelter and the like will be added unto you. And because He is our God, He provides what's best for His children. We know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. To them that are the called according to His promise. I want you to know that you can be among the most blessed people. I would urge you today to give your life to Christ. In Romans the 6th chapter, beginning in verse 1. I want to go back over that one more time. The question is asked in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. But like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And so we die to our sins. We repent of those sins, verse 2. And as a person who has died to sin, we take that person who has died to sin and bury them in a watery grave. And baptism is a burial in water. It is a burial in water. And that person who has been baptized into Jesus Christ comes in contact with the benefits of his death by faith. There's not any power in the water. The power is in the blood just like when Naaman the leper was cleansed by dipping seven times in the river Jordan. The power is not in the river Jordan. The power was in doing what God said to do. And when we do what God says today, when we're baptized into, him, into Christ, baptized into the benefits of His death, then we have our sins cleansed in His blood. We rise to walk in the newness of life. That's why in Acts 22:16 16, the Bible says, Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Our sins are washed away after we are baptized or in the act of being baptized into Christ. And I'd urge you to do that. You can be among the most blessed people. I wouldn't hesitate if I were you because I want you to be enjoying the abundant life in Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to now some of the best people in all of the world, people that love God. Or You wouldn't be watching this telecast, and I want to urge you to give your life to Him today. Now, in the closing moments, may I invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. May I also urge you right now to pick up the telephone and call the number that you have seen on the screen for, and receive the free Bible Correspondence Course. I want you to know more about the Bible. I want you to know more about Jesus. I want you to know more about the abundant life that Jesus Christ came into this world to give to man. You can be among the most blessed people. I want to thank you for watching today. I want to urge you to study this Bible course once you receive it mail it back for grading. Thank you for watching, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.